Hello, everybody, and thank you for coming to join us on another episode of The Female Fist. I have an extremely exciting guest with us today. I am so honored to have her on the show. She was the former Ontario champion, and now she is and has been the only and current female pro ring announcer. Okay, so please give a warm welcome to Yvette Raposo. Thank you so much for coming on to the show, Yvette. I'm so honored to have you on here. I have so many questions that I would just love to dive into, but I want to kind of first go right into the beginning because this has been a long journey for you, as you were mentioning. Like you won the Ontario Championship in 2001, yes? Yes. So that was like an amateur career because you went into professional boxing well you had gotten your license to be a professional boxer after that so this has been like a long journey for you in the sport which is amazing to hear I just want to know like where did the seed get planted like why of all the sports like not soccer not volleyball why specifically boxing well, boxing grabbed me right away as soon as I tried it. However, I wasn't introduced to boxing until I was 18, 19 years old. Okay. Yeah. Um, although I was very active as a kid growing up, I loved competitive sport. I loved basketball, soccer, and volleyball were my three sports I played in school. Beautiful. Um, yeah. Yeah. I loved sport. I love watching it and I love playing it. And I always love, um, there's many things I love about sport and we could talk about that more. Absolutely. Yeah. So how did boxing grab you though? Like what was that initial contact? Well, I was, so I was in university and then I decided to stop going to university. I don't like to say I quit university because it was a very um, conscious choice to shift gears. And I knew I wanted to work in a gym. I knew I wanted to be in fitness. I knew I wanted to help people with their fitness. I knew that at 17, 18 years old. So when I left university, um, I found a gym, a local gym where I went to go pursue my personal training certificate because I wanted to be hands-on. I wanted to be in the gym. I wanted to learn by doing, and that's just my nature. That's how I am. And this particular gym that I got a gym job at, I started off behind the desk and putting data. I was studying for my personal training certificate. I decided to, um, train for a bodybuilding competition. So oh. one of the girls there, Teresa, so I started at Huff Gym, you know Huff, I'm sure. I was sure. just about to say, Teresa, is this Huff that we're talking about? <laughs> yes, it is. That was my beginnings. Amazing. Yes, it is. Yeah, it was, an, it was an amazing introduction. And because they gave me such a valuable inter introduction to boxing, it was something that I promised myself and I wanted to pay forward that I always also wanted to provide a good introduction to boxing for any of those who were seeking or curious about boxing. So I was training, so I was following in Teresa's footsteps. She was a great role model. And as part of my training for bodybuilding, of course, they had a very sophisticated boxing program in the basement. And I'm sitting behind the desk and I'm watching all these guys, mostly guys, mostly guys come in and out and go downstairs and they're carrying their bag and what's going on down there? What's the magic that's happening down there? And it was always, what is it? Called the dungeon in the dungeon yep yeah no windows no air movement <laughs> this would really be a focus in that area <laughs> yeah for sure 
Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, the ultimate type of focus. There's no no distractions whatsoever. Exactly. That's that's why I always called it the dungeon because you literally that's all you can focus on. You don't see nothing going on outside. But continue, please. Yes. <laughs> so I um, started taking up boxing to cross train for bodybuilding to burn fat because, okay, really? as you know, it's an amazing fat burner, right? And so that went on for a while. I did my bodybuilding show. And then afterwards, one of my, one of my coaches said, well, I was lucky enough that my coach for bodybuilding also was a boxing coach. That's Billy Martin. Oh yeah. Billy Martin. Yeah. So he said, you want to move around the ring? You want to move around with this, this girl, Leona, she was an amateur fighter preparing for a fight. Do you want to spar for the first time? And I was like, yeah, sure. At this time I had been doing a lot of classes and moving around a little bit. So I got in, I sparred for the first time. I complete, she, completely tossed me around the ring and I completely loved it and I hyperventilated <laughs> I loved it I was hyperventilating hanging off the ropes sucking in air I was crying I was all the emotions all in that immediate moment I just had an eruption of emotion and that was it I looked up on my coach and I said okay I want to do this I don't want to bodybuild I want to do this and he said okay amazing Yep. And he said, show up at the gym Monday morning, 6am, just to test me to see if I would show up 6am. I was like, okay. And that was it. And that's how we uh, carried on from there. Wow. What an interesting story, because you know what, like I always hear from everybody that like, this is a very common ask, like theme that I noticed with a lot of boxers is that they start in one sport and then they make the transition over to boxing. And it's interesting because like, I heard from another athlete one time that they were doing the swimming and they actually did the boxing to help with their swimming, which usually it's the opposite, right? Like as boxers, you will go and start swimming to kind of help out with your cardio and your resistance in boxing. So I'm like, you know what? I'm hearing from more and more people that boxing was something that always kind of, as you just mentioned, found them. And usually, you know, you would think that people, it's always like this kind of storyline in their head. They walk into a boxing gym, they put on the gloves for the first time and then like, boom, it's like, it just catches them right there. But no, like I'm starting to hear a lot of stories about it. They're already in a sport and then they have boxing to help them. And then they actually go into that sport, which I think is just like, really different than what the idea what we would normally think it is which i absolutely appreciate so you went from bodybuilding mm -hmm. which is so different for you know motor movements and like the compact muscle building that's so different yeah. from boxing and i liked how you mentioned that when you were as you said getting tossed in the ring that you actually loved it yeah <laughs> and what i read um on your website when i was learning a little bit about you is that you talk about that inner fight that everybody has and everybody's always looking for that metaphorical fighter in them. Can you explain that analogy more for our audience? Because I think that that is just like super important. I certainly can. Um, Find Your Fighter Within, it's actually a workshop that I'm developing. Um, I have already presented it to a school, three grade seven classes, and I want to move forward with this in the fall um, to present it to more schools. So, but it goes beyond schools, it goes beyond students. I just think it's really, I feel like it's very important information, very empowering information that can help youth position themselves in this life that we are living, which is full of conflict, constant conflict all the time. And when you can think like a fighter, 
one of my taglines is think like a fighter, live like a champion. I love that. And when you can think like a fighter, then you can have different perspective on your life and your choices and your options in life. Because as you know, as a fighter, we have choices. We make choices. Sometimes they're split second choices. And we train for the unknown. We train for the unpredictable. So find your fighter within, for me, it's something that I've been thinking about for many, many, many years. Um, after I stopped boxing, um, I went as far, I did turn pro at the time, that was 2003 that I turned professional. And at the time I, my injury, which ended up being herniated discs on my low back, L3, L4, L5, <clears throat> I just couldn't overcome the injuries enough to pursue, like it didn't make sense at that time. And women's boxing at the time, it really wasn't worth it. Very underdeveloped back then. Yeah, not a lot of options, not a lot of opportunity. You know, if you think the pay is low right now for women's boxing, imagine oh. what it was 20 years ago. Yeah, I can only yeah. imagine. Yeah, so injury was a blessing in disguise for me, actually. And, you know, I also talk a lot about how injuries are our teachers as well. I've had a lot of teachers over the years, a lot of <laughs> over the years that uh, continue to teach me about respecting my body. And um, again, that's a whole other conversation. But so over the years up until before I became a ring announcer, up until I became a ring announcer, I was teaching boxing. So I've been teaching boxing for over 20 years for fitness. Now, when I stopped boxing, I purposefully, I didn't want to train fighters. In fact, I, I wanted to pull back a little bit from the, the competition part of the sport. And I really wanted to dig into the philosophy of the sport and just the fitness aspects of what the sport can do for people. And that just fascinated me because it's what it did for me. Absolutely. Because it's, it's how it helped me develop self-confidence, self-worth, develop my voice, my vocation. It gave me life, right? It gave me my vocation. And um, beyond having a passion for it, it became my purpose as well. Absolutely. So Find Your Fighter Within is something that I've been thinking about for a long time. And then when the pandemic hit and uh, all of a sudden, all of us had to park our butts down. Yep it gave me the opportunity to sit with it and uh, develop this program, which I'm very proud of. And I'm very excited to start to dig into a lot deeper. Um, so, and it's just like a boxing match, right? It's like a 10 round boxing match. I, I start off with the first round and I, I start with this uh, content that I've been developing. And the more I dig into the content, content and reflect and project the more ideas come up because boxing is so multifaceted, as you know. And I absolutely love that. That is just so inspiring how you're, as you just said, like diving into these kinds of topics and really like using this pandemic as like, just like you said, this is like a fight in itself for a lot of people that are forced to be sitting down. This is a new kind of fight for everybody where we have to figure out what to do with this time that we have to be with ourselves. Because oftentimes like in our day-to-day -day lives, we preoccupy our time and get busy doing other things. And we don't take that time to focus on ourself. We don't take that time to really dive into, you know, 
what we need for our purpose. So the fact that you had that time to sit down and then create this program, which is now going to be touching so many people's lives and really helping so many people go through whatever challenges or whatever ups and downs they're experiencing through this analogy of boxing, it just absolutely fascinates me. And I said before in a lot of previous um, podcasts that I have with people, which is really another thing that's really amazing to me because I think that we think very similar. I always say that all these sports like um, volleyball, basketball, they always use metaphorical language, fight for it. You have to fight together as a team. They always go back to analogies of fighting. So when you say in your messages, in your program, that you're finding your inner fighter, like right away, I understood right away what you meant. Oh, good. Why I love it. I absolutely love it. So please, like, how did you get the opportunity to be Canada's first ring announcer? Like, can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, certainly. Whoa. Uh, so after I stopped competing in boxing, as I mentioned, I was teaching for many, many years. And as part of when I had a pretty strong following, my, my students followed me, whatever gym I was at. And, um, they followed me for years because, and it was a lot of word of mouth, right? It was a lot of um, a community that we had built and part of, you know, part of, it wasn't a requirement, but it just so happened that whenever there were fights happening, I would invite my students. We would have like a little field trip. We would all go out to the fights and actually watch. Oh, and I love that. I know. I know. Yeah. And it was a great opportunity for them to watch in real time. Yeah. Uh, but they were learning in the gym, right? To see the footwork and to see the exchanges and the right. energy. And to see and how it all gets set up too. Like to see that's, how the process goes. That's awesome. Yeah, totally. And then if I was lucky once in a while, I would, I would, um, I would be, I would um, in, introduce them to some of the fighters. So anyways, I was, I pulled away from the sport, the competitive part of the sport, but I was still in and around, as I mentioned. Uh, 10 years, about 10 years had gone by and I had attended this gala event where Lennox Lewis, Larry Holmes, um, Holyfield, and who was the fourth one? George Chavalo. Oh. And it was called the Night of Champions and it was in Hamilton. And it was a, a gala, like a corporate fundraiser gala that was not related to boxing. Like I didn't expect to see any boxing people there at all. This was like a corporate thing, right? So um, I, I'm, there I am sitting there. I look across the room and there's Everton McEwen. Ever Everton McEwen was one of the first coaches that I had seen. Remember I told you sitting at Huff yep. Gym, sitting behind the desk, doing all my data, answering phones. I'm seeing these guys come yep. in. One of the guys that I saw most often was Everton McEwen, one of the gentlemen. And in fact, actually, um, he also was the first person to inform me, to encourage me that I can also compete in the ring. Because one day I was sitting ringside in the dungeon at that place where I was taught at Huff. And I remember one day he nudged me and he's like, you know, you could do that too, right? And I was like, yeah? And he was like, yeah, yeah, you could do that too. So on and on we go. I went on, he went on, and I see him at this gala. And of course, I go over to say hi to him. We start talking. We ended up sitting and having half of our dinner together. And halfway through the dinner, he says, um, you need to be a ring announcer. You need to be my ring announcer and I'm going to be the one to do it. And you need a microphone in your hand. And I was like, yeah, right. Okay, whatever. And he's like, I'm serious. I said, okay, then let me know this week. Here's my number. Call me. And he did. 
and we proceeded to do nine shows together because Everton did, um, he did amateur shows, but he, he loved to add like a bit of a professional feel to his shows. Yeah, because the the show kind the show business of it is very exciting. It's very like it draws people in. I can't lie, I love it too. <laughs> the the amateur shows, you mean? Yeah, well, when you kind of like bring in like some of the professional, like you're, you're saying that they kind of like made it a little bit more professional style, like just with like the showbiz of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that part of it. But go on. Yeah, so that was uh, his style. That's what he liked to to do. So, him and I. Um, you know, him and I and his crew, we put together nine shows over the course of three years. And that gave me some really good insight and practice into not just being a ring announcer, but also helping to promote the wow. shows. Yeah, it was a really amazing experience. And, you know, my first show, I was so nervous. I was probably more nervous doing my ring announcing than I was to compete, to fight. To I was going to ask you that. <laughs> I was more nervous as a ring announcer than I was to compete, hands down. Really? Yeah. And, you know, the, the one thing I did have going for me, because I've never had stage training. I've never had voice lessons. I've never been like, you know, you know, in high school, you have the choice to do drama or gym. I was always in, in gym, right? I wasn't doing Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never studied drama or uh, theatrical appearances or any of that. So, and in fact, I'm actually a pretty introverted, not, I wouldn't say shy. I mean, I've boxing really brought my personality out, but I'm definitely an introverted person. Um, really, so, I would, honestly, I would never think you're introverted. You have a very strong, powerful voice and even your presence overall, you, you, you present yourself, which I can appreciate. And, and I'm not surprised, like, you know, so I am surprised though that you're introverted. Well, I guess I'm a bit of both. Okay. But I guess what I'm saying is people are surprised when I mm, refer to myself as just as introverted. You, you know how, I, I don't know how much you feel you are introverted versus extroverted. Okay. But um, for some of us, we fill up our cup by being introverted and being alone and quiet time and sitting quiet and all that. And some people fill up their cup by being extroverted right. in an event around people. So I'm a bit of both in that respect. Like I, I do appreciate and enjoy and need that, you know, energy that's at the gym and there's people around and it's very yeah. ecstatic energy. And then at the same time to replenish from that, I need the quiet yeah, to bring it back, to bring yourself back to balance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so with the ring announcing, I um, what I did have going for me was I felt comfortable in the ring. And that's kind of what I had um, th that, that helped me build the confidence that I can do this. And right. there was no doubt in my mind. I'm like, I am doing this. I just have to figure out what this is, what this looks yeah, like. But exactly. I sound like- How to go about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, so when you go into like the ring announcing, as you said that, like you are, you were more nervous going in as a ring announcer, as opposed to like going into fight, which I think is like really, really funny eh? because it's like one, you're going in and knowing somebody's going to punch you in the face. Whereas the other one, you're going in knowing that like, all you have to do is just present people. So why do you think that is? Why do you think that you were more nervous to do that as opposed to have somebody like punch you in the face? Well, uh, unchartered territory, right? So just announcing people 
it's really, and I love the way that you said that, all you have to do is just announce people. And I love that you said that because that's what people think, right? Right. Um, and it, it does look, you look at the Michael Buffers or the uh, David Diamantes or the Jeremiah yeah. Gallegos and they make it look easy. And it's nerve wracking yeah. because you cannot get nothing wrong. You cannot get anything wrong. So the pronunciations of the names and keep in mind too, I mean, at the amateur level, it was more of an issue, um, but the fight card changes last minute, things change, the uh, fights change, like you have to stay on top of it. And at the end of the day, you are the first um, representation of the evening. You are the center ring you are the first point of reference for the audience and you are making that impression to be like we are here i am here to be professional and we are here to have a good time and i want to help you so it's this combination of managing the energy just like you do in boxing so i'm managing my adrenaline my nervousness and my energy at the same time making it look easy and being relaxed and being inviting and then of course getting all the details right now that doesn't sound too complicated yeah yeah and yeah keeping them engaged and keeping them engaged yeah i can i can i can see your perspective i can see like how that would be very nerve-wracking like oh, i used yeah. to see my dad do it sometimes at uh some shows and i'd see him MC and stuff like that and i would get almost exhausted watching him because i think like how do you come up with that right on the spot how do you like just have that voice of like just to bring everybody together, I can feel how to get everybody's energy would be very exhausting in itself. And then to do that for the whole night and maintain that energy within yourself. Because by the end of the night, you know, we're all tired, right? Because we're all excited. We're all watching the fights. We're all <gasps> throughout the fights. And then you have to maintain that energy in between all of them. I can imagine that that must be exhausting. Well, yeah, and then you never know how long a fight is going to last, right? So you are just as ready, like you're sitting there ready to jump into the ring because it could be a knockout, it could be a first round knockout, it could be 10 rounds, it could, and um, the, what was I going to say about that, engaging the, um, ba -ba 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 -ba, the energy, and uh, what was I going to say about that? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all very energetic, but um also getting the names right sometimes the names are and when you're nervous honestly like i have my, my fight cards here like when you're nervous it's like okay i have this fight card and you know you don't want your your hand to show that you're nervous but you could practice this person's name before the event but then lights are on the heat's on you know how it is you're you're in the spotlight and then all of a sudden with adrenaline your mind just goes, right? So that's why we have it written down. There's no way we can memorize all this stuff. Um, yeah, and you wanna honor, like honestly, you just wanna do a really good job for the fighters. You really wanna honor what they're about to do and what they have just done. So, you and know. I also like, I can also imagine that this must've been a lot of extra pressure on you. The fact that like you are the only one in Canada that's a woman doing this. That must have been extra pressure on you because I think that people have this idea, as you mentioned, these names like Bruce Buffer, like somebody like him, this is what people are imagining in their head to be ring announcers. This is like the standard that they have. So I can imagine that that must have been like really, like, did you, did you feel that when you were going in as a ring announcer? Like, you know, now that you're the first female to be doing this and still currently the only one like was that an extra pressure on you to do that in a way it um i would say no because in a way i took that as an advantage 
because just the fact that, and you know, I had asked Everton McEwen a couple of years later, um, because from those nine shows that we had done, it was then that um, people in the sport were encouraging me. They were like, Yvette, you really should go professional. You really have a thing here. You have the voice, you have the presence and you have the love for the sport. Like what more do you want, right? And I think that's what differentiated, it didn't differentiate me, but that's what gave me this undeniable confidence that I always will have is my love for the sport. So my intentions are good. They're pure. And um, I did not feel the pressure. I kind of chuckled sometimes a little bit because uh, a lot of times people would think, where did this girl come from? She came out of nowhere, right? So a lot of people at the pro level, they didn't, amateurs, some people were like knew me, they, they remembered me for sure. There was a lot of um, old associates that I had run into you know, once I was doing that, but at the pro level, people were like, who's this chick? Where does she come right. from? What, is she, what does she know? And I was just quiet about it, right? I was just like, well, I'm just going to go in and do my thing. And then we could talk about it afterwards. And if you want to talk about boxing, I could do that too. That's amazing. Cause I, th that's the whole thing too, right? Is that I think that people find it so intriguing about you is that not only are you a woman doing all of this, but you, the love for your sport, you actually know what you're talking about. You don't just participate, but you have a full understanding of what it takes to train. You have a full understanding of what it is to compete. You have a full understanding of the politics that go behind it. And now on a professional level as well, you're in that world completely immersed in it. And I think that people would get taken back thinking, how could a woman do all this? Like in a sport that's so male dominant. And then here you are doing it effortlessly and beautifully and you're still the only one doing it. Yeah, thank you very much. And I do want to say also, I was very aware and I still am very, very aware of the importance of what I'm doing. So at the time that this opportunity came up for me to do my first pro show, which was in 2018, and um, Pierre Bernier, he's from Quebec, he was double booked. So he had um, an event that he couldn't make in Ontario. So he referred me and he had just been following me like I had. I, and listen, I was working it. I was working it. So at all this time that I was doing the amateur shows as a ring announcer, I was attending as many pro shows as I could. I was, you know, traveling around Ontario, sometimes over to the States, going to shows, showing my face, having conversations, shaking hands, meeting people, talking, boxing, like I was doing this very purposefully. Wow. So very, very aware that to do this would be, would mean I'm the first woman to do this at the professional level in Canada um, at a significant level. I think there was a girl once who did a show once, but there's no documentation of it. Right. This is why I'm also very, um, I also encourage young, not, not just young, but I encourage people, any entrepreneur, athlete, coaches, artists to document what you're doing like to you know keep track of what you're doing take pictures have testimonials have um you know write down these memories uh because you never know when you'll be the first <laughs> Absolutely. like when you're paving your way like you want because it's not just about the it's not just about the person doing it right it's not only about ourselves it's about who's watching and who we could be inspiring to build on what we create so it's so important, as you said, to have these things documented because now there's going to be somebody out there that's going to be watching this or somebody who's already been watching you, like somebody that I'm going to mention soon. Oh. So they're going to be watching you doing this and be like, wow, look what she did. If she can do this, 
I want to follow those footsteps too. But imagine you were not documenting this. Imagine you were just doing your stuff and not having a voice out there. Somebody who's going to look at you and learn so much from you would never have that opportunity to see that, especially because you're a woman and especially because more women need to see women like you in a position of high power in these male dominant fields, doing what you're doing, hearing how you're doing it. They hear this and they're like, oh my God, like, I want to be like that. I want to be a go-getter like that. They need inspiration from women like you. Yes, thank you. And I will say as well that there was no playbook for this, right? So when exactly. I- Exactly, um, exactly. There was no, you can't Google how to be a ring announcer. Try it, I dare you, try it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll leave that to you, the professional. <laughs> Actually, I should That's uh, I should put that on my list of things to, to do is write a playbook for how to be a ring announcer. <laughs> Absolutely, why not? Imagine that, the first time somebody writes about that and it's a woman. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? See, we already start creating these ideas because somebody's going to want to actually read that and be like, damn, look at what she did. Look at what she accomplished. This is important stuff. You've even touched the life of somebody that's so already like well recognized in Canadian music industry, but Biff Naked reached out to you because yeah. you were doing something that she was like, look at this woman doing what she does. Can you talk us through that as well? Yeah, sure. Uh, just before the pandemic hit, a few months before, I got a follow on Instagram from Biff Naked. And I was like, wow, Biff Naked. I had read, I don't know if you read her memoir, but I encourage you to read her memoir now that we're talking about her. And I had read her memoir uh, probably about five years ago. And I had remembered her from her music, of course, because in the 90s, you know, I was listening to that to to actually even, well, I was listening to hard metal, heavy metal, um, hard rock, a little bit of punk, but I liked her style. Like that, it was good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's what I trained to actually, even nice. when I was boxing, that's mostly what I trained to was heavy metal. Um, heavy metal and rap. Um, and then once in a while, some country music, <laughs> but they wouldn't let me play it at the gym. I love country music. <laughs> I do. I love country music. <laughs> we, need it. we need some soft with the hard, right? We need yeah, I mean, country music, the things that they say, they make a song about like a tractor, you know, and it sounds good. <laughs> well, it's the storytelling, which is also what we love about boxing. It's the stories. Exactly, exactly. exactly. So Biff started following me and I thought, wow, what a, what a great moment this is. And I thought, so I shared it on Instagram, on my story. And I said, what a great start to my Monday. Look who's following me, Biff Naked. And then she starts messaging me. She's like, I love what you're doing. You're so inspiring. And I just think boxing is just so cool and you make it even more cool. And I think it's important for self-empowerment and building confidence. And, and I thought, wow, I said, Biff, I love what you're doing. Like I, I've been admiring you for many years. I read your book. She was over the moon that I read her book. And so that's how the relationship started. And then I saw that she was performing pretty soon after that, which was March 4th, which was just before the pandemic hit. Right. So I drove out to Peterborough because that's what I do. I go and I'm like, I want to make this personal connection yeah. with this with this wonderful human being. Because you're a go-getter. Because I'm a go-getter, 100%. And I believe in relationships. And I, I think relationships are really important to develop over time, especially in our industry, right? Like, you you know, you, you've seen you, your father's unboxing, you've, yep. his associates have watched you grow in boxing right 
so I drove out, went to her show with my cousin. It was such a fun night. And um, her and I got to meet and have a little conversation. I gave her a pair of actually these pink boxing gloves and uh, her newest album, on top of all this, her new album that she's slowly releasing still this year is called Champion. And in one of her songs in this album, it's called Jim, and it's a story about domestic violence and how this woman is overcoming this bad situation. And she uses the metaphor, these analogies of boxing in her video. So she's got the boxing gloves, she trained. So I asked her about the video and she told me that she was training for it um to perform in her in her video and it's actually a very beautifully done video i i recommend watching it i absolutely will like right after this i'm gonna do that yes 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 and a bit naked and i just i love how like the story like i love how it's i love how boxing i find like as i'm growing up even when i don't meet people let's say through my father who was my first introduction to boxing even when i meet people like yourself and then I hear your story. And I think about all the things that I've had throughout my life that is so relatable to you. And then even somebody, even something as far out there as my love for Biff Naked growing up. And then all of a sudden she also touched boxing. I thought that's just like, that's funny how life is, right? But continue, please. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because I'm going to add to that as well. But so we met, she, I realized she's a boxing fan and it's not like she's a boxing fan that she follows boxing. She loves boxing, the training of boxing. She right. loves what it can do for people to build self-confidence, to help empower people, to help with self-defense if you needed it. So we had this whole conversation about this and I thought, wow, you're a great advocate. You're a great spokesperson for the benefits of boxing training. Um, and then the pandemic hit, right? So yeah. that was my last outing, actually, was that Biff Naked show wow. when the pandemic hit. And during the time of the pandemic, among doing other things and developing my Find Your Fighter Within workshop, um, I really missed, oh, I used to have a boxing uh, radio show about four oh. years ago. Yeah, it was called, it is called, or it was called Squared Circle with Yvette Raposo. Okay. Yeah, it was on um, iLive Radio. So it's an internet-based radio station, but they had a beautiful, real, legit radio station that I would go I and have like guests come in. I feel like I've seen it. Yeah, maybe. I have my squared, squared circle with the Yvette Reposal page still. I kept the page on Facebook. I'll invite you to it. Please, please. It is now where I post uh, mostly about boxing, women's boxing, things going on around boxing and women's boxing. Right. So when, um, so I had that radio show and my intention with the radio show was, and that's why I messaged you a couple of times, like just, I made comments on a couple of your interviews because I've been following your interviews and I love, and I did comment that you are a great interviewer and I love what you're doing, Scarlett. I really, really think it's very important what you're doing and the way you're doing it. Thank you, you're gonna make me blush. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's important. I feel like we've almost kind of passed a baton because it's, um, my initial idea was we need to get these stories. People need to hear the stories of the person behind the boxer, the person inside the boxer, because people automatically, one of my big missions as well, it's been for many years that it's been a really uh, big passion of mine is to help people gain a new perspective, help them understand boxing beyond the sport beyond what appears to be just violence and two people going at it okay because that's a lot of people's first impression or reaction or assumption about what boxing is 
And so it was, it is, it has been, because I, I'm also an observer. I, I observe and I'm a very deep thinker. And when people automatically, oh, boxing. And guess what? I used to think that as well before I was introduced to it properly. See, see. To yeah. understand it. Yeah. So part of the, my radio show uh, was for the purpose of sharing people's stories, talking about the life of a boxer, you know, what they love about it as well, how it helped them, um, all the money things beyond just inside the ring, but the, the fundraisers, you know, these corporate, the white collar boxing, uh, boxing for people with Bell's palsy, uh, not Bell's palsy, um, Parkinson's disease yep. and cerebral palsy like there's so many aspects Absolutely. of boxing and boxing training where it fits into life beyond just two people going at it of course i'm so happy you said that because that's exactly why i do this i always especially for women because i think that because women's boxing is so underdeveloped even to this day i mean don't get me wrong obviously it's getting so much more like out there for women now, especially like beyond Canada. If you go to Ireland, I went to this um, tournament called the Esker Cup and there was over a hundred entries per weight class. And I wow. never, it was an all female tournament and I was just amazed. And this was back in like, I think 2016 or something like that, that I had gone to this tournament. So, and I know that it's gotten bigger since. And I was just amazed at the turn of how many women have gone into the sport and have been participating and have made it their life journey. And I just think it's just absolutely phenomenal. But people, when you, like we said before, it's still a male dominant sport. So when people think of boxing, they don't think right away of a woman. They think right away of a man like Pacquiao, Canelo, Mayweather, whoever is the big shot of today's day and age, which is usually a male that comes to their mind first. And when I bring women on here, I really want them to share, as we were mentioning, their stories, because as you said, like it's way beyond just the ring. And for a woman to step into a male dominant sport, get into the ring and do what we're doing, it takes a lot more, like people encourage the males to do it. People don't necessarily encourage women to do it. And they do like on some rare occasions, but these are occasions. Otherwise, like even for myself, it was such a battle for me and my dad. Like I fought with him tooth and nail to let me go and compete in the ring. Like tooth and nail for years. I went into freestyle wrestling to show him that I could handle a combat sport. And I dislocated my hip at the provincial championship in wrestling. Wow. Yeah. And it was that. Wow. Yeah. It was just a freak accident, honestly. It was like, um, the ring, sorry, sorry, not the ring, the uh, mat was damaged. My foot went through a hole in the mat. It was just a freak accident. But it took that incident that I was, you know, recovering from the injury. And I was on the phone with my father and I said, like, this is what I want to do. And, you know, once I recover from my hip, I'm going to do it, whether you like it or not. And he was kind of like, okay, because he saw how much I cared from me dislocating my hip. But like I said, like, it's just such a journey for women in general, just to get into that ring most of the time. So that's why I love bringing women like yourself on here and sharing the story, because I think it's so important. It's not even just, it's the grit when you really want to do something, it's that grit to push for it and hearing like all these steps that you took, hearing all of the, the like journeys that like you actually go to these people, you make the connections, you make it happen because you know it's not gonna fall in your lap. You actually have to go and get it and like the will and the grit to actually do it. That's why I love these stories. It's very powerful. 
It is. And guess what? <laughs> I'm also very impressed. And um, I agree with you that it's been quite amazing to see how women's boxing has been growing and continues to grow. You're seeing the depth, you're seeing the talent pool deepen as well. You're seeing the, the volume of women who are competing. I can't believe, Scarlett, how many women, like when the pandemic hit, because yeah. I follow a lot of women's boxers and I follow a lot of women, female boxers, and I follow um, a few people who post specifically about women's boxing. They are active. They are somehow yeah. finding a way. They're in the gyms. They're training. They're yes. coming out of everywhere. They're coming out of the woodworks and they're competing. They're fighting. They are staying active. And like it or not, women are not going away. We're not going away. More and more of us are becoming officials and uh, commentators. It's wonderful. The zone is actually doing a pretty good job. They're, they're including commentators, um, interviewers, ring announcers, coaches, of course. Um, we're starting to sprinkle all over in and around the ring and there's no getting rid of us. And I don't, and it's not like anybody wants to get rid of us. I truly believe that, um, you know, there was that Mike Tyson fight with Roy Jones Jr. Yep. yep. And it was a thriller production. And I remember when I watched it, because I was curious, there, was no, there were no other women fights. Okay, fine. What a great opportunity that would have been for yep. somebody who was thinking about it to say, hey, let's put a, like, like let's feature a woman's fight here. Yes. Because women's fights are exciting, by the way. Of course. Yeah. Very <laughs> entertaining, by the way. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And so I'm watching this production and could only count three women in the whole entire production. One of them who was Chris uh. Martin, who was one of the judges, who's one of Mike Tyson's friends. And another woman was an official. And there was another woman who was, I think, another official. That was it. None of the entertainers, none of the, um, nobody no commentators no one in and around the ring because they just didn't think about it it's just like oh my buddy my buddy my buddy it's like they they don't purposefully they whoever's putting on these shows don't purposefully and mindfully say okay let's feature women on purpose because um there is a crowd for them and i keep saying to promoters i, I keep saying not necessarily just to promoters maybe i'm just saying this to myself but i want to say it to you and yes, whoever's please. listening yes. whoever's listening like if it's it's a smart move to start showcasing women because that's 50 percent of your possible audience absolutely absolutely you want to grow the fan base you want to make money you want to put bums in seats you want to put eyeballs on the tv if that's what you want start to represent women because girls want to see that and guess what when you get them young and i'm not saying to get girls young to get them in the gym to get them fighting necessarily that's not you know not everybody wants to fight and i don't recommend that everybody fights i don't yeah you have to be very serious absolutely this is no joke. go in there not everybody can even walk to the ring this is no joke right and it's um so but if you can catch the not even necessarily young but if you can turn over if you can convert somebody to become a boxing fan because they've now heard my story or your story or mm -hmm. her story or her story or whatever yes, absolutely then you're gonna get the bums in the seats 
Exactly. Exactly. Because it, it, it makes women feel like they're a part of this. It makes them feel like, like now I can step into this world too, even if I'm not an actual fighter, because like you said, not everybody can go in as a fighter. And I think that that sometimes deters woman away as well because unless like a woman wants to go in the ring they kind of feel like well this is still a male sport they almost feel like you know what what's my part in this and just as you said like if you have more women involved with the actual production then they feel like they're part of the sport too and that's what's the like that's so important that you mentioned that i like that is like really it's surprising that they didn't have more women in that production with the Mike Tyson fight, because that was a great opportunity to bring women into something like that. Yeah. And they just, again, I don't think they did it on purpose. They just literally don't think about it. It's so primal. It's so automatic. Yeah. It's so reactive. Yes. Right? And it's maybe it's because they don't think still that there's a, a place for women in the sport, but I don't, believe that they truly believe that because you know in the gym guys are very welcoming you know that yeah. I, I mean that's been my experience i, I don't want to speak for you but um i think well, there have been like i i mean i haven't had like i was really lucky because um learning with my dad and stuff like i think that automatically a lot of guys just um gave me that respect i'm the coach's daughter so i was pretty lucky to have that experience although i do have um conversations with women who tell me a very different um story because mm -hmm. you know especially from earlier like before prior to 2012 i think that a lot of men used to not respect women in the ring unfortunately in some gyms like that's just like a lot of stories that i've heard which i've always like empathized and said like i'm really sorry that you had that experience i know that i was very lucky to have a different experience um simply because my dad was just my coach um and even with that said, I still had outside of the gym, a lot of people that kind of gave me um, different reactions because they think they always say the stereotype and actually my teammate, Mandy, uh, Mandy Bujol, the uh, Olympian, she's going to the uh, Tokyo games, actually, she did a reel on her Instagram. And one of the, and the question that she asked us was, what are the common stereotype questions that you get as a female boxer? And one of the ones I get all the time is like, oh, you really want to ruin that pretty face? And I was like, what do you mean ruin my pretty face? You know, like, do you say that to female rugby players? Do you say that to female soccer players? Because they get beat up too on the field. But you automatically think that just because I'm a boxer that like, that's what I'm worried about. No, I'm doing it for the love of the sport. And like any sport, any sport you can get injured in and, you know, hit your face by accident or something like that. Right. I don't expect people to think like, oh, you're so terrible. Or like women are so like a certain way that you're just going to get clubbed in the face. No, I'm good. Yeah. You know, you know what? I, I hear what you're saying. And I know there has been situations where women don't feel welcome in the boxing gym. I get yeah. that. I hear it. Um, I, I, first of all, and this is any advice for any young woman who is aspiring to be a boxer is, you know, find the right environment. Like if that's happening in the gym, yes, then find the right environment, find the right coach who's going to support you. I mean, my coach, no way, man, my coach proudly, he had three of us actually three girls and he was very smart early on in the early two thousands he was paying attention to us three girls because guess what we worked so hard and if you are going into the gym to learn to grow to develop 
to box, to want to be better, to want to be your best, not better than that person or that guy or that girl, to want to be your best. Anybody has to admire that. And if somebody's not respecting or admire that, then it's them that doesn't belong in the gym. But there's no place for that in the gym. There's no place for that in the boxing club. And if that's happening, it's that person that needs to, to, to have a, you know, to have a sit down, to have a chat with, but absolutely, I think the environment, it should be very um, particular and it's a very precious environment that there's no place or space for that. And if anybody can't respect anybody who's working hard in the gym. Thank you for saying that. So because man or a woman, I don't see it as a man or a woman thing. I don't see that. And it wasn't my experience, luckily, yeah. But I also wasn't looking for any approval from any man, no approval besides my coach. Yep. I was not looking for it. And if it wasn't coming my way, it didn't matter because I had my head down and I was working. So, you know, it's what we focus on as well. And if we can push through, not, not even push through, but if we can go in with the mindset or the perspective of I'm here for me and my development, (laughs) then all that chatter, and that chatter is gonna dissipate and it has and it will over the years because again, we are um, showing up consistently more and in in, uh, deeper numbers. Absolutely. Like, yeah, now we're expanding so much more and now people are starting to talk more. I think that during the pandemic, that's also been something that I've seen emerge is a lot of like, women and people are talking more about the things that are going on because now they have so much time to themselves they have the time to also realize like this wasn't working out for me or like this actually isn't that great of a situation that I was in because like we mentioned earlier you kind of get caught up in your everyday routine you kind of get caught up doing things that you forget to connect with yourself and kind of reassess what your situation is because we just get so caught up and I've had like a few women on here like um that tell me their experiences and then you can see it in their face that as they're saying it they're like yeah it really wasn't like a good situation and i and i feel and i empath- and like i empathize because i know like as you're saying it is not them and you're right it's not just women because oftentimes that when the women are sharing their stories with me about their negative experiences they often say that they spoke with some of their teammates which are men as well. And they say that like, yeah, I've experienced this too. And it just, I think that it kind of just hits the women more at home because it's already hard enough for a woman to get immersed into such a sport. And it's almost like accepted or expected in Mel's perspectives to have a coach that's hard or have a coach that's critical. So it's almost like the men don't recognize it as abuse at a certain point because they almost think that that's expected. But of course, as a woman, you, you, you feel like, oh, like you're not supposed to talk to me like that. You're not supposed to coach me like that. Like this isn't just tough training. Like this is just straight up abuse, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do know what you mean. I do. This is important because um, if, again, the first advice that I would give to anyone especially if any, anyone, male or female, doesn't matter what gender, um, interview your coach and ask other, interview your potential coach and ask other athletes who have been with that coach, do your research on that coach. Um, because that's a very, very precious, important 
um, delicate relationship that needs to be strong, built on absolute trust. Obviously, your life is in their hands. Of course. And so, you know, it's, I would just love, it's the same thing I say about, you know, when people are shopping for a personal trainer, because I'm also a personal trainer and I advise people, I say, you know, interview your personal trainer, your potential trainer, you're allowed to interview them and observe them and watch them work with other people or whatnot. Um, You don't have to just accept somebody as a coach just because they were thrown at you because they're the one who takes the newbies or whatever. And, you know, you, you will learn, um, it's part of boxing. We don't want to forget that because we can, because when we're training for a fight, when we're in competition mode and when we're training for a fight, of course, all we want to think about is training for that fight. And like you said, we might not realize that this behavior could be borderline abusive. We're so channeled, we're so focused, we're so honed in that we might lose touch with what's happening around us. And so, gosh, it's, um, you know, your team and the people that surround you and support you are are just number one, really, it's got to be number one. Absolutely. And you know what, I think that um, from my personal experience, like I've been competing now for almost 10 years, about nine years. And um, the people that I've met, I mean, the one good thing about having a small community in uh, Canadian boxing, amateur Canadian boxing, is that you really get to meet everybody. And like all the shows, you know, you, you meet, you know, who is somebody in Canada, you meet them, which is great because then you can hear about the journey and all this stuff and you develop as an athlete because you hear all their stories, which is great. And um, I have had the pleasure of working with some amazing female athletes. And one of the one, the main female athlete that I work with right now as my teammate is Mandy Bujold. Of course, everybody knows her. Um, Right now, I'm very lucky and I'm very blessed. Our team, which is comprised of women right now, it's just women. And uh, Caitlin Clark, Mackenzie Wright, Mandy Bujold, and myself uh, under Sid Vanderpool, Sydney Vanderpool, who's a former uh, Canadian champion himself. We have this unity as a team where I find it so rare, especially a team of women working the way that we're working is so rare and is so special. And I'm so grateful every day that I'm a part of such an elite team. But one of the main things that this team has taught me is what I used to train in is so different than what's actually brought me to the level that I'm at right now with these women at this level. Because I used to have this mindset training that it was me, my coach, and then I had sparring partners. But now it's my team and my coach. And I didn't even understand the value and the importance of your team working. Like this is an individual sport, but like what a difference to have teammates that love you, that support you, that want to see you succeed and care about each other's success just as much as you do. Like, wow, what a difference. And like I said, I'm lucky because it's all women right now with each other. Like our team is just women and then our coach, you know, (laughs) trust me, he's seen a lot of tears the past few months, which is great. (laughs) We always make that joke with him, but to touch on like when you say that it's so important to have like those interviews and that conversation about your coach, it's like the fact that he was training, like I went with Sydney Vanderpool because I saw that he was training Mandy and I saw that Mandy trusted him and Mandy is such an elite athlete herself. I just thought like, okay, 
obviously he's doing something right because he's a very humble person, Sidney Vanderpool. He does not really, you know, put himself out there as like, I see many coaches, you know, come train with me and, you know, I'll make you this, I'll make you that. That's one thing that kind of caught my eye. And then to see that Mandy trusted him. And then when I walked into that gym and saw the way that the operation was going, I was like, this is where I belong. And I've never been more than happy to be with such amazing, strong, powerful woman. And we're all working for one goal. And I strongly encourage people to find that team unity. It, like I said, it, I'm just lucky that it's all women, but that team unite, united and working together for a common goal wow like how powerful that is and it, like you said it's so important to hear that feedback from other people to know who your coach is that's training you because you're right it is your life when you go into a ring like anything happens it's a fight right it's a fight we've seen it already with some boxers that go in there and they have a heart attack or something just unfortunate circumstances that can come from a fight mm-hmm. and it's so important that you are training and getting ready for these important moments in your life with people that you can really trust that really have your best interest in mind that is super important I'm so happy that you brought that up and that that concept of interviewing your coach like I've never had anybody say that and that is so true you have to interview your coach you have to why not yeah why not (laughs) yeah like I've never even heard that yeah, absolutely. Have a conversation, sit down, have a coffee, have a lunch together and ask them what their track record is with women or if that's important to you, if that's important to you. Um, but in addition to that, also interviewing other fighters, because, you know, fight, fighters will, they will talk, they will tell you, they will, you know, if it means saving you from making a bad decision. And this is not, listen, we have amazing coaches and we are lucky with the coaches that we have in Canada. We have a variety of styles of coaches in Canada and the, the beauty of, you know, it, it's not ideal to move around from coach to coach. It's not ideal. Um, but any smart coach and uh, open-minded coach as well knows that if a fighter needs to leave them for whatever reason, and hopefully it is a conversation, hopefully it's a respectful parting of ways or whatever it is, sometimes a coach can only take you so far, right? Right. And, and that's okay. And if you were that coach to bring them up, to nurture this fighter and develop them to the point where they can move on and, you know, their style has changed, their personality has changed, their desires and their dreams has changed, whatever, it's okay. No, no, you know, I mean, as long as there was no contract signed and there was no, <laughs> there was no like <laughs> money loss. <laughs> absolutely. No, but you're absolutely right. And like that development, like, you know, that's what you want in a fighter anyways. And as you said, any coach should respect that too. You want your fighter to develop. You want your fighters to evolve. Like it's, they're going to change. As they get better, they're going to change. And hopefully it's towards the better direction. Hopefully it's towards the right direction. And hopefully that they, there could be that mutual respect and understanding. Because as you said, there's no such thing as the perfect coach because everybody has different personalities, as you mentioned. Everybody has a different way of thinking. Mm. And sometimes an athlete and a coach, sometimes their, their perspectives just don't align at some point because of the evolution. And like you said, like that's okay. Like even in my experience, like my father and I, we can't train together anymore because we just have different perspectives of things, which is okay. Like that's fine. Cause now like I'm on this, like I mentioned, I have this beautiful team and everything and I'm more than happy. It's just the evolution of how things worked in my life. 
and that is completely fine. There doesn't have to be animosity and there doesn't have to be this negative outcome out of it. It can be very beautiful. So yeah, to not have that fear if you need to move on to do that. And hopefully it's in, you know, a more respectable setting, as you said, like that would be ideal. So I like yeah. that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, of course, ideally, I mean, I'm saying this from a fighter's perspective and of course, from a coach's perspective, um, you also don't want that, uh, the fear from a coach to not want to dedicate and devote for fear of this fighter leaving them. I totally get that too, because you also have really crappy situations where um, fighters might have taken advantage of a coach's time and wisdom and knowledge and expertise and then just, you know, I, I, that's not the situation I'm talking about. You know, ideally your coach can take you all the way and you hear those amazing stories like uh, Jelena, I can never say her last name, but, neither, but I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And her coach who, that was her coach from day one, right up until, you know, I hope he's okay. I think he's still um, not doing well, but anyways, that was her whole coach for her whole career up until recently. And that's beautiful too. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's again, like something ideal that you would want, right? That your day one will be there. It's just, if the journey takes you that way, takes you both together that way. It's always about the fighter's journey too, as well, the coaches, because sometimes coaching can evolve as well. Coaches could see things different and maybe they need to kind of move on in a different direction as well that we see sometimes. But yeah, I'm really happy that we uh, touched on those points there. And I want to know, like, now that you're, you know, you're still currently the only female pro ring announcer, what do you, do you have like a vision? Cause you already talked about your program that you've set up now throughout the pandemic. And what do you see yourself? Like, is this what you want to do? You want to continue developing that program and then slowly kind of like exclusively working on that? Or like, what do you have planned moving forward? Ooh, you ask all the good questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, just like any good boxing match, the unknown is what is, you know, m most beautiful about this point in the game. And um, I'm going to stay open to ring announcing when things open up here. You know, um, who knows? I, I don't think we're looking, we might not be looking until 2022 until professional fights get underway. Uh, which makes sense, right? Because we need to get fighters back in the gyms training. We need to get them sparring. We need to get them um, back and ready. And, and ready. Yeah. So of course, I mean, when I get the call, um, I will step back in the ring and I'm ready. I'm ready to do my ring announcing. I've been practicing my voice. <laughs> I think about it. I think about it. I miss the fights. I miss, you know, stepping through the ropes. Um, I miss the, the people a lot, a lot. So yes, I'm going to stay open to ring announcing. I'd love to do it for the next two, three, four years. Um, on top of that, when, on top of my Find Your Fighter Within workshop, I also want to start thinking about, I'm looking at getting back into teaching boxing again, as well as things slowly open up here. And then that could eventually, ideally, again, maybe a five, maybe a three to five year plan hosting boxing retreats. So kind of like a wellness retreat focused on boxing, the principles of boxing, but also I do have a very holistic and spiritual background as well. I've gone to holistic school and um, I like to implement kind of the masculine energy with the feminine energy. And I love kind that. Of, yeah, kind of yeah. take 
take the aggression and all that really forceful forward moving energy from boxing and channel the very um, reflective, introspective, solid, grounded elements of boxing as well. Your inner fighter. The inner fighter. Inner fighter, absolutely. And I love that. Yeah, so boxing retreat, stay tuned. We'll see yeah, how that looks. But... That. Oh my God, I would love to, to see that when you open it because that's beautiful. My, um, my performance coach for strength and conditioning, he's very much into holistic wellness. He's very much into that kind of mindset. So like, I'm totally on board with that. That just sounds absolutely amazing. I think it would be so beneficial for every fighter to see it from that perspective. And I think that it would actually develop fighters going into the future to coming from understanding why they do what they do. And really channeling that would make phenomenal fighters really like make it like really bring out the true fighter so that they have a deeper understanding of why they do what they do, why they want to do that. That's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. It's cool. Eh? For that. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. It's not cool. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then lastly, and um, I am proud also to announce that I am signed on to be an ambassador for girls just want a box. Oh, that's amazing. I just had um, the two lovely ladies, Helene and uh, Chris on here. Not that long ago. I know I watched it. Yeah. That's of amazing. So talk about that, please. Yeah, well, it hasn't been announced yet, but, um, you know, it's official and it's, I don't know exactly. I mean, I know, I know what it looks like, but it's going to roll out slowly over the next year. They have a few ambassadors on board and they have a vision, as you know, you, you have interviewed them already. And as Christina likes to say, this is not a sprint, it's a marathon, yes. which I like because, you know, 23 years for me being in and around the sport, I have another 23 to go for sure. So we have time to unravel this stuff, right? So it's going to include, um, actually in August, we are, the three of us are going to attend the International Women's Boxing Hall of Fame induction ceremony in Las Vegas. You oh should come. God. You oh, should come. Tell me, give me the dates. I want to go. That's amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. I want to meet Sue, Sue T.I. Fox. She's the one who runs the Women's Boxing Archive Network. Yes. And she's been documenting women's boxing since I think the mid nineties, maybe even earlier. And she has a Facebook page, but she also has the website. So yeah. she's, she's part of who hosts this yearly inter, um, induction ceremony for Women's Boxing Hall of Fame. And this year they just announced the mayor of Las Vegas just proclaimed August 14th as women's boxing, officially as Women's Boxing Day in Las Vegas every year, oh, August 14th. Oh my God, that's amazing. And what a perfect day in the middle of August. It's the year that's the month of the Leo. Oh, are you a Leo? I guess I am a Leo. <laughs> Selfishly saying this, <laughs> but I well, love that. Oh my God. This is amazing. That's a wonderful step. Now we have our own day. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And I've always wanted to go to Las Vegas for boxing. I've been once, I've been to Vegas once. But, you know, it was, it's on my bucket list to go for boxing. So when this came up, um, it was canceled. It's perfect timing, right? And then it's well, great fantastic. for me to bridge the relationship with Christina and Helene with Girls Just Want to Box. And they are sponsoring. They are partly, they are one of the sponsors for the event. I love which that. is That's just phenomenal. What I a know. movement. I oh know. Oh my God, I love this. So like, 
So now you're going to go there and are you going to be like speaking there or like, do you have like a role? Are you just attending? Like, how is that going to go for you? I'm just attending. You never know. You never know what can happen. Yeah. Anything can happen. But yeah. Sue very kindly featured me on the website maybe oh. six months ago. So she was very delighted to find out about a female Canadian professional ring announcer. So she did a, a big feature. So that was really nice. And I also want to go and officially meet her and thank her in person for that. Sure. I mean, listen, it is my goal to be inducted. Let's, Let's be real. Why not? Right. Of course. One Absolutely. Day. Why and not? One day. Amazing. I would love to hear more about this, uh, about this event. I never even heard of this event before. This is the first time I'm hearing about it. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Yeah. I don't know when the, uh, international women's, I don't know when we started inducting women into our own, uh, hall of fame, because of course you have the international boxing hall of fame, which is in Canastota, New York. Yep. Um, and slowly, actually last year was supposed to be Lucia Riker, Christy Martin, um, Barbara Brudrick, I can never say her last name. And there was a fourth woman who I, I was really, this is before the pandemic and I was planning to go and then the pandemic happened. So that didn't happen, but Lucia Riker is one of my all time favorites. Yeah, of course. She's amazing. Wow. This is just such an incredible opportunity. Please keep me in the loop on how that goes. I would love to talk to you about the event. Sure. If I don't get to get a ticket to go there. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll send you the details and I, I would love to recap on when we come back. Maybe the three of us can recap. Me, uh, Christina That would be wonderful. I would love to do something like that. That'd be phenomenal. Oh my God. Like, thank you so much for just coming on here and sharing your journey and sharing your experiences and just sharing just this immense amount of knowledge that you have been in the sport and from your perspective i'm like so honored to have you on the show do you have anything else that you want to tell our viewers like while we're here i want to tell them that you are doing an amazing job and i'm very proud of you i love what you're doing and how you're doing it and it's very important what you're doing i'm serious it's very important what you're doing and you never know where it's going to take you scarlet you never know where this is going to take you i know you're still fighting you're still training you're still competing so uh enjoy that right enjoy this time because it's such a precious time when you're in that uh, competition mode but i love how you're adding to the sport as well thank you so much <laughs> thank you you're gonna make me get emotional in here and i don't want <laughs> but thank you so much i really appreciate that i love doing this i just love like i said i just love seeing and meeting women like you it's amazing i think it's so important for everybody to just hear the stories i just as much as i love it like i know that somebody out there is just taking in this knowledge and is really like saying wow like i can do this too so that, that's my purpose for doing this so i really appreciate those words thank you so much yeah and quick question what do you have coming up where can i see you Oh, well, you know, like I said, I'm uh, training with Mandy Bujold and right now she's taking off to the Olympics. So hopefully going forward, um, we're kind of just waiting to see what Boxing Canada is going to do for competitions for the remainder of the year. Um, my big goal is to win the Canadian title in my respective weight class. And if they open up um, boxing in my weight class, which is 54 kilos, if they open that up for the next Olympic year, then that's something I might look into. I might even move up to 57 kilos. If that's where the wind takes me, I'm kind of like on the same mindset as you, whatever the opportunities arise, like I'm just going to kind of go with the flow. I always show up. I always stay present. So any opportunities that come up, I'm always willing and open to them. That's like kind of my perspective right now. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> if that answers your oh. question. Yes. Well, now we're following each other. So I will stay posted on your progress and I will be a cheerleader for you. 
Thank you so much. And where can everybody find you? Can you tell them your uh, social media venues? Yeah, sure. Instagram is probably best. Yep. Um, at Yvette Reposo, Y-V-E-T-T-E, Reposo. And if you want, yeah, Squared Circle with Yvette Reposo on Facebook, Squared Circle with Yvette Reposo. Perfect. Thank you so much. And everybody, you can also follow me and you can find this episode and many other amazing episodes with other amazing women like Yvette herself. Uh, Scarlett Delgado is my Instagram, S-C-A-R-L-E-T-T. D-E-L-G-A-D as in dog O. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us on this amazing episode with Yvette Raposo. Thank you, Yvette. I'm so honored to have you on here and hopefully we'll have you on again in the future and maybe with the rest of the team of Girls Just Want a Box. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everybody. And join us next week for another episode of The Female Fist. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>